Welcome to the to the Magen Abraham slash Ohavei Torah slash Har Halebanon Daf Yomi Shiur. Today Shiur is Daf Kukimul. We will begin on Kukimul Amud Aleph at the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, Almanash Shamra. If you have a widow who says, "If Shai Lazuz Mubez Bali," I refuse to leave my husband's house, my dead husband's house. She's a widow. And she has the right to be supported by the orphans. And she says, I don't want to leave the orphan's house. They cannot say, go to your father's house and we will support you. Ella, rather, we, rather, we give her food and we give her a place to stay in the house according to her respect. Meaning it has to be a proper place. We can't tell her you sit in the boiler room. No. She lives in a place the fichoda. Amra, what if it's the flip case? Amra, she says, She says, I don't want to be in my husband's house, my dead husband's house. I want to stay in my father's house and I want you to support me here. Then the, the heirs can tell her, Im at if you're with us. Yes, lich mizanot. We have food for you, and you can eat with us. And if you're not with us, and lach mizanot, we're not giving you nothing. So they can say, if you choose not to live with us, it's your choice, but you will lose your mizanot by by not living with us. Mm-hmm. Now, but amra. Uh, okay. If she's claiming the problem is a sinewed problem because she's young and they're young, and I guess they're not her kids, so it's Aib, then then they do have to feed her even in her father's house mm-hmm. because then that's a, that's a legitimate claim why she cannot be with them. One rule is that she can use the same house that she used while he was alive. And she could use his slaves and his maidservants the same way she used them while he was alive. She could use the same linens as she used when he was alive. She could use his gold and silver utensils like she did when he was alive. Because this is what she writes to her. He writes to her in the Ketubah. You will live in my house. And you, you will be supported from my properties. As long as you are a widow in my home. Yosef learned from the Nusach. That means if you're in my house. And not if he didn't leave a full house. If he left like a tent then she has no right. Not even after he's there. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. If the, I mean, the house is too small, then she can't stay there. If you have widows, and they did not follow the rules, and they sold the house of the widow, their selling did not accomplish anything. And therefore... It's still hers. The guy who bought it can get his money back from them, but she still owns it. 
Whereas, why is that true? Why don't we see that it does work and she's in trouble? Why is this different? But the from the famous case of you know that, right? No, you don't. Okay, fine. If you have, let's say, the father left a small amount of money after he, after he dies, uh-huh. and it's only enough for the boys or the girls, either one. The halacha is we give the girls and not the boys because it's more embarrassing for girls to go begging than boys. And these boys didn't listen, and they sold it and kept it. Mm-hmm. Now the girls are going to Bedin and saying they did something illegal. What happens now? According to what we said before, just the same way when they sell our house illegally, it doesn't work. We should say that this sale didn't work. Right. But that's not what we do. We say the sale did work, and they're in trouble too bad. Right? Because it's sold, the sale is a good sale. Mar says, no, don't compare the two cases. Hatam over there. Over there, he didn't owe her that when he was alive. This obligation to take care of his daughters only kicks in upon death. Whereas his obligation to take care of his widow, he signed that while he's alive. And therefore, it's different. Uh-huh. Understand? Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Naktina, we learned, Let's say the woman is living in her husband's house and the husband's house collapsed and now it's not livable. Do we make the orphans fix the house so she can go back and live it? No, we don't. They don't have to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. That's where you want to live it. Fine, but if it breaks, it breaks to bed. We're not responsible. Not only that, even if she says, okay, I understand you don't have to put money into the, to the refurbishing of the house. I got that. You know what? I'll get someone to do it for me. And I'll continue to live in the house. They could say, we didn't say we agreed to rebuild the house. You will live, you have the right to live in the house. The house fell. Alamak, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. Not only do they not have to build it, they don't have to let her live there anymore. Even if she offers to build it. Baya, baya, baya asks the question, Shipsamai, what happens if she already did it already? They don't have to give her permission to rebuild it. What if she did rebuild it already? Does she still have the right to stay there? Or not? Welcome, Ralph. Or it says, Tiku, we do not know the answer, it leaves to the Yahoo. You're gonna you're you're gonna be very very happy that you came, Mr. Sen. This is a very very interesting stuff. Okay, um, but Mr. 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 Binyamin is claiming yeah. that he wants to do a mishmar tonight, and he wants not to leave here till we're caught up. That's what he says. He's gonna stay till twelve o'clock. Right? He's staying with that. Maybe in the other one. But you can't do that without a gemara. You got one? Awesome. Let's go. Um, catch up. How many dots are behind her, right? We'll buy the two dots. So if the woman says, I don't want to leave my father's house, I want you orphans to support me in my father's house. Yes, you're offering to support me in my old widow's house. I'm not comfortable there. The memories, this, that, whatever. I want to be in my father's house. They don't have to listen. They could say, listen, you come to us, we'll feed you. You want to stay there? Alamak. Okay? That's what he said. Versus, 
Why aren't they chayav to pay to give her there? This is a proof to Ravuna. Because Ravuna says that the bracha of the house comes with a lot of people. Which means that the more people living in the house, the more bracha Hashem sends to the house. So they can tell her, we don't want to give you mezonot. Because had you been living with us, you'd be an extra person that Hashem would send us Berachah from. And now that we don't have, that you're not with us, we don't have Berachah. That's the reason why they have the right to tell you, we don't want to pay you. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not clear exactly what they mean by this. Do they mean that literally you get Berachah? Or do they mean a little bit differently? Maybe they mean that... Um, Maybe they mean that. Listen, if we have to, if we have to make up, if we're making a pot of meatballs, and we're giving you some, we can afford that. But we have to send meatballs to your house. That's much more meatballs because you can't make a little pot of meatballs. There has to be a decent amount, and therefore it's going to end up being more, and end up we 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 don't want to give you that much. Mm-hmm. Maybe they should they should give her the amount they lost because they bekata bite. Mm-hmm. you're right, achinami. You're right. They do have to give her. So in other words, the things that, uh, like for example, light, uh, lighting candles, right? One candle is good enough for a whole house, okay? In the old days, you have a one-room house, you like one candle, everyone could see. But now you're going to live in your own house, I have to give you a candle, give us a candle. No, so we're not giving you candles. But things that we had to buy for you anyway, individually, that we will give you. Clothing. Whatever it was, yeah, those things, yes. But it could be that in, in a house in those days, everyone could share one coat. So therefore, we don't have to give you the clothes that you have to wear, we don't have to give you a coat, because you're going to share that coat, whatever it is. Sometimes we can learn from the language of the rabbis, we can learn how to get beracha. From the language of the rabbis, we can learn how to be rich. From the language of the rabbis, we can learn how to cure ourselves. Beracha, from the language of the rabbis, we can get beracha. That's the case that we just learned. Because we just learned that you can get beracha by having people in your house. Because the rabbis were explaining that you don't give the widow money in her house. And from that we learned how to get parachah, is to have more people in your house. Okay. Oshed, when it comes to wealth, the Tanan, we learned, the, word, the rule is, if I'm, selling, if I'm selling fruit to my friend, and the guy pulled it, and he didn't measure it yet, he's already koneh, which means, let's say, I... I, I'm selling you some, uh, let's say, uh, uh, 100 pounds of, of apples. apples. And you pulled the apples, but you didn't measure out 100 pounds yet. Even though you didn't measure it, it's already yours once you pull it. But, Madan, if you measured Lomashach, if you measured 100 pounds, but you weren't able to pull it yet, Lokana, you didn't get it yet. If the guy, welcome to Abadani, if the guy is smart, so come on, if it's too hard for him to move it, what he could do is, he could, socher mikomo means, he could rent the place. Which means, if he rents the place that the apples are, then he owns it. Then he, he, it's like he was moshechet, and then it works. And then they get you rich, Rabbi. Huh? 
because we're teaching you how to how to how to do business well and win, win in business. Okay. Okay. Teaching you uh, right, right, because we could have just told you what works. Instead, we told you how to get it done, how to get the kinyan done without hiring workers to move it. So that's a way to get rich. Okay. Person shouldn't um, chew wheat and put it on your wound on Pesach because it gets chametz. But you see from here that if you have a wound, chewing on wheat and putting it on it helps. Okay? This is a great story. Okay? It's going to last for the re- almost the rest of the daf. When Rebbe was dying, Amar Lebni, he said, I need my son, call me my son. Now understand, by the way, that Rebbe was one of the greatest rabbis ever. Number one, he's the one who wrote the Mishnah. Number two, he was the Nasi of Kaisel, the last great Nasi of Kaisel. He was the prince of Kaisel. He's from David HaMelech. His great-grandfather was Hillel Zaken. And he was wealthy. And this, by far the smartest rabbi. And by far the wealthiest man. And the biggest king of Kaisel. It was like almost, it was like David powerhouse. So in all three ways. Number one is he's the wealthiest person. Number two, he's close with the Roman king. Number three, he's the biggest rabbi by far. Number four, he's authoring the Mishnah. Okay? When he dies, it was bad news for Kaisa. Okay? So when he dies, that means, look, my son. The son came to him. He said, He said, Be careful with the respect of your mom. Always leave a candle lit on the table after I die. We'll see soon why. Shulchan Ya'aruch Let Have the table set in the same place. Mitati Leave the, the bed made in its place. Yosef Chefani and Yosef from Haifa and Shimon Efrat and Shimon from Efrat They serve me while I'm alive. They also serve me when I'm dead. These two guys are going to serve me. Now, this is the bright time. And we now will explain it. He told them, his haru, be careful, be kavod imchem, with the kavod of your mother. Ask the Gemara, what are you talking about? Why does he have to tell him to be careful with the kavod of your mother? Answer the Gemara, no. Eshet av it wasn't really, when he said your mother, it wasn't really the mother, it was the stepmother. And that's why he had to tell him, because otherwise they wouldn't have done it. Even a stepmother is deoraita. The Tanya we learned in the Brayta. Kabed et avicha ve'etimecha. Et avicha. The extra word et zu eshet avicha. This is your stepmom. Ve'etimecha. Zebalimecha. That's the stepfather. Vav yitera. The extra vav that I bought. The chichah comes to include your older brother. So therefore, why are you him to tell him be careful with the kind of mother? Who cares? The stepmother. This is only while the parents are alive. All these three things, they have to respect these people, are while the parents are alive. But while the parents are dead, you're not obligated. That's why he had to tell them to do it. Mm. Now he's also said, Leave the candle in its place. Leave the shulchan in its place. Leave the bed in its place. What's the reason? Every afternoon, 
Okay. Every what? Every afternoon. Uh-huh. Or every Shabbat. On every end of Shabbat, Rebbe would come to his house. Which means that the dead rabbi would come home every Erev Shabbat. And that's why he didn't rekindle it, because he came home. Mm-hmm. Now, one time, one time, one of the neighbors came, Kakari Ababa, and was standing at the door. And the Shifcha told the lady, Be quiet, Rebbe's sitting in his house, don't disturb him. And this was already after Rebbe was dead a while. Came with the Shabbat Shubla Atta. Since he heard that everyone was finding out that he was coming back, he didn't come anymore. Why not? In order that people shouldn't say bad things about the previous Hazakim, that they weren't able to come back to their houses like he was. Now, he also said, Yosef Haifani Shimon Efrati, Hem Shimshun Bechayim They took care of me when I'm alive, they can take care of me when I'm dead. We thought, we, we, we thought that meant that they should take care of his burying when he dies, meaning take care of me in this world. We thought that's what it meant. Since people saw that they ended up dying and being buried before he got buried, Amri, they said, must be that when he said they're going to serve me when I'm dead, he meant that they're going to make it, they're going to be in the next world and take care of me in the next world also. Mm-hmm. And he didn't mean, well, to, to bur- he didn't mean that they're going to bury me, he meant they got buried before him. He meant they're going to take care of him in the next world. So why did he say that? So then why did he have to tell them that? What's the point of him telling everybody over here that they're going to take care of me in the next world? Uh, let them just die without him mention, without him predicting it. And uh, they'll, they'll, they'll take care of him. What's the point of him announcing it? Usually, you announce the things in this world that you need someone to do. But you, if they're going to die, maybe to appease the family. Oh, so says Gemara. Otherwise, if he doesn't say that, people will say these guys are really Rishayim, and only in the zechut of Rebbe they lived, and now Rebbe died, they died. So in order to avoid that, he made this announcement so everyone doesn't say those bad things about these fellows. But really, you don't need them. Then, this writer continues. Then Rebbe said, I need to talk to the rabbis. So the rabbis came. He told them, Please do not make his beds for me in small villages. And please allow the people to continue to um, learn once 30 days passes. Now, Rebbe was such a big rabbi, it seemed like they were stopping learning for 30 days. Wow. Don't do Hesped anymore. I don't know what they were doing exactly. Let's see. Then he said, Shimon b'ni Haham, even though my son Shimon is the biggest Chacham of my children, Gamliel b'ni Nasi, my son Gamliel should be the prince after I die. Chanan Yebarchama Yasha Berosh, and Chanan Yebarchama should be the Rosh Hashima. So he appointed Rabban Gamliel ben Rebbe as the Nasi. Shimon is going to be a Haham, 
and Hananiah is going to be the Rosh Hashiva. Now, when he said, don't give me a hesped in the villages, we thought that he meant, don't do it in the villages, because it's a tortircha, it's going to be a hassle to bother the people. Right? Since they saw that when they made a hesped in the big cities, everyone came even from the small cities. Obviously, we realized that the reason why he wanted to do it is because he wanted to make a big deal. And when he makes, if the people, if he doesn't do it in the villages, the villages will come to the big cities. Then there'll be a lot of people there. And then there'll be Kabbalah Torah that everyone came to the funeral. Mm-hmm. He said, put Yeshiva back after 30 days. I don't want to be greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Because Moshe Rabbeinu says, Pasuk says that they cried about him for 30 days. I don't want to be any greater than that, not more than 30 days. So Mara says, Platinio means 30 days they had a hesped for him every day and every night. Okay? After 30 days, they would make a hesped during the day and they'd learn at night. Or, or, or they would learn, make a hesped at night and learn during the day. Until, until 12 months pass, for a full year, they're mourning Rebbe. Sounds like he was a big rabbi, right? The day that Rebbe died, my bat call came from Shemayim and said, Whoever was at the Hesped of Rebbe is invited to Olam Haba, just by being at Rebbe's funeral. There was a laundry guy a guy who worked in a laundromat, every day he would come in front of Rebbe. But the day he died, he didn't come. Came with the Shemach, and when he heard there was a bat call, came out, you weren't there? There was a bat call, said anyone there? He climbed up to the roof. He climbed to the roof, he fell to the ground, and he died. Even that laundryman is invited to Olam Haba. Now, this is a little troublesome how the laundryman made it. A lot of people are worried about this because it seemed like he killed himself. Yeah. And a guy who killed himself shouldn't be invited to Olam Haba. What happened over here? Someone's saying that he didn't kill himself. Maybe he, he tripped. tripped because he was so upset. <clears throat> or he did kill himself and he really did it at a tshuva. And therefore, since it's a tshuva thing, and even a guy who's, what's it called, Kasilga, is again, there's a problem that needs to be dealt with. Next. Rabbi also said, Shimon b'ni ha'am. Shimon b'ni is the ha'am. Versus Micah Amar, what's he coming to tell you? There, is, uh, there is not, there are only eight and not nine. Nine is not starting until Thursday. Harry Coleman is on his way. So it's not starting until Thursday? Huh? It's not until Thursday. So he said, what's he trying to say? Means, He was trying to say that even though my son, Shimon is a Chacham, still Gamliel So Levi said about that, Do we need the rabbi to tell us that Gamliel should be the Chacham? Anyway, Gamliel is older. So of course he's going to be, Gamliel is going to be Nasi. Of course he's going to be Nasi. The older son is always the Nasi. So Bishimon ben Rebbe told Levi, 
He's got upset at him. He says, what, what, what are you talking about my father like that? And saying that we didn't need him to say that. We need you and we need your blemish. He was, a, because Levi, remember we said before that Levi was always blemished. He used to, right? We need you and your blemish. My kasha there. Hakara kama. What was the question? Why was he upset? It's a pasuk. Pasuk says, It says, when, um, Yehoshaphat died, he gave Yehoram, his son, the, to be the next king. He goes, he's the Bechor. So you see the Bechor is always supposed to be the guy. But I said, no. <coughs> when they gave Yehoram the job, that's because Yehoram was good for it. Ramagaliel was not as good as his father, and therefore the fact that he gave him was only because it was a Kiddush, and that's why we needed Rebbe to tell us that. Because if the, if, if, since Gamliel was not as, as good as his father, therefore it was a chidush that they made Gamliel the nasi and not Shimon. Sigmar says, Rebbe Maitam Avinachi. said, why did Rebbe make Gamliel if he's not as good as his father? If he wasn't able to be as good as his father, why did they make him nasi? Gamar says, Yes, it's true that he wasn't as smart as his father. That's true. But he was as fearing sin as his father. And in order to be a great Nasi, you have to be Yiratchet. And therefore, since he had the Yiratchet, therefore it was good enough. Okay? Then he said, Chanina Bar Chama Yoshev Berosh. Chanina Bar Chama should be the one who is the Rosh Hashiva. Loki Berosh Chanina. Chanina didn't want to do it. Why? Because if Afis was two and a half years older than him, so he didn't want to take the job. Even though Rebbe said it, he didn't want to do it. So in the end, Rebbe Ephes was Rosh Hashiva. And Rechanina didn't want to go in because he didn't want to be, he didn't want to have to be, when you go into the yeshiva, you have to be accepting the other Rashiva as the Rashiva. And since he didn't want to accept him as the Rashiva, so he didn't want to go into the Shiva. Va'ati Levi, and Levi came, and he sat with him. So Rabchanina Bar Bar Chama and Levi were not going to Yeshiva because they didn't want to be with Rabbi Ephes. Even though Rabchanina wanted Rabbi Ephes to be the Rashiva, he didn't want to take it, but that doesn't mean he wants to be under him. So he stayed outside. Nachna Shevet, so Rebbe Ephes died, and then Rebbe Chanina became the head. Now, Levi didn't have a chavrusa to learn with. Before, Levi was like Rebbe Chanina Barachama. But now, he has no one to learn with because Rebbe Chanina is now the Rosh Hashiva, and Rebbe Ephes is dead, and now he's alone, because he didn't want to go in also to Rebbe either. Right. Okay? So, he went to, so Levi went to Babel. That's why Rav told him, That's why Rav said that a big man who, who was uh, limping came to Babel, Nardai. And he learned that a kalila, which is a certain type of garment, it, a woman wears, she's allowed to wear on Shabbat outside. It's not called carrying. Amar, he said, so when Rav heard that this limping rabbi came and allowed a certain thing, he knew it must have been Levi. And he's oh, it's Levi. Levi came from Israel. Oh, Shmami that we see from here. Nach Nashid Ephes must be the Ephes must have died, which is really what happened. And he had no one to learn with. That's why he came, and that's really what happened. 
So Rabbi Rav was able to figure out the whole story just from the fact that he heard that a, a limping rabbi came from Israel. He said, oh, I got the whole story. He was a Shiva, he was a David, blah, 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 blah. Very good. Gemara asks, wait a second. Maybe. Okay. How did Rav know that? Maybe Rav Hanina was the one who died. And Rav Ephes was the one who became the rabbi. And that's where Levi had no one to sit with, and he came. Maybe Rav Hanina was the Roshiva. Rav Ephes was waiting for him. And they were Kavrusas, and that, that's where they became. Morris says, two answers. Maybe Morris says, no. Levi would have no problem learning with Rev Ephes. Now, I don't know how that would work, because Levi didn't go in. Right? But that was only because Levi, maybe because Kuchanina was there. But anyway, that's what happened. If Levi, if if Ephes was alive with nobody there, he would go in. But if Chanina alive, he wouldn't go in. Even if have another answer, in other words, basically, Rav knew that Rebbe had said that Chanina is going to be the Roshiva, and since it came out of Rebbe's mouth that Chanina is going to be the Roshiva, Rav knew that Chanina would end up being the Roshiva. And therefore, it can't be. Can't be that he died. That he not, that, not that, that, that he died without being the Roshiva. Because right. we were saying maybe Nachman means he died without being Roshiva, right. and the Ephes was still there, and therefore, in other words, maybe Ephes was the Roshiva. He knew where Ephes was the Roshiva. Maybe if Ephes was the Roshiva. Rochanina, we used to be his Chabrusa. and he died, but he didn't die. And Rochanina died. In other words, how does Rav know that Rochanina did? How did he know? Right? So Gemara says, one answer could be that Levi would have gone into Rav Ephes when Rukhanina died. So therefore it can't be him. Mm-hmm. The only reason why Levi left Israel is because Rav Hanina was the Rashiva and he didn't want to be under him. But he would have gone into Rav Ephes had he had no Chavrusa and he otherwise had to go to Bavel he would have stayed with Revefes. Right now, he didn't go to Revefes because he had Revchelina. Once Revchelina died, he would go into Revefes. And therefore, since he didn't, he must be Revefes died. Got it? That's one way. Or, he just knew that Revchelina would end up being Roshiva. And therefore, that's how he went. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Revchelina can't, can't die before Revefes because then he never got to be Roshiva. Right. And it wouldn't work. Good. Why? How do we know? The Chibos said, the king, the exhorter, Omer, the Kumlach. They make a Gizera, and it works. Or is this a question? Why did Rebbe tell Reb Chanina Bar Chama to be Roshiva? Why did he tell Reb Chia to be Roshiva? Reb Chia is huge. She's the one who made all the all the all the brightot. They wouldn't. Why wouldn't he make Reb Chia Roshiva? Or says answer number one. Nach Nafshe. He already died, and that's why Rebbe didn't make Reb Chia Roshiva. That doesn't make so much sense. Why would Rebchia die? Rebchia is younger. And not only that, we have a statement from Rebchia that he says, I saw Rebbe's coffin and I cried on Rebbe's coffin. That means Rebchia was alive when Rebbe died. 
So why do you make him Rashiva? Why says Epoch? Switch the statement. Rebchia was really dead, and Rebbe said, I cried on his coffin. Okay? Switch it. Why says, Well, I have another statement Rebchia doesn't fit. Didn't Rebchia say that the day Rebbe died, there's no more Kedushah and Kaiso? So you see that Rebchia was alive when Rebbe was dead, because he made a statement about we losing Kedushah. Epoch, switch it. Rebbe said that Rebchia was dead. There's no Kedushah and Kaiso. Switch it. Another question. When Rebbe was sick, Rebbe Chia came in and he saw that he was crying. Our Lord, Rebbe Chia told Rebbe, Why are you crying, Rebbe? If a guy dies from laughing, it's a good sign. If you die from crying, it's a bad sign. If you die facing up, Siman Yafel is a good sign. Panav Lamat, if you die facing down, Siman Yafel is a bad sign. Panav Kabe'am, if you're facing the people, Siman Yafel is a good sign. Kabe'am, if you're facing the wall, Siman Yafel is a bad sign. Panav Lamat, if you have a green face, Siman Yafel is a bad sign. Panav if you have a golden face, Va'adumim, or a red face, Siman Yafel is a good sign. Met, Be'edah Shorad, if you die on Friday, Siman Yafel is a good sign. Motzah Shorad, if you die on Saturday night, Siman Yafel is a bad sign. Met, Be'edah Shorad, if you die on Erev Kippur, Siman Yafel is a bad sign. Because you get your, your sins forgiven. If you die from a, uh, a, a sickness of a stomach, because most Sadiqim die from stomach problems. So therefore, why are you crying? Rabbi responded, I'm crying because I don't have enough Torah Mitzvot and not because I'm scared of death. And since I'm crying for that, it's okay to be crying. But you see from the story that Reb Chia was alive when Rebbe was dying. Mm. So why wasn't so why wasn't he pointed Russia Shiva? Two answers. Ebayt Ema. One answers. Epoch. Switch it up. Wrong story. It was Reb Chia who said he's crying because Torah Mitzvot. The Ebayt Ema. Another answer. They all not talk. We leave it the other way. And all the other stories leave it the other way. Rebbe Chia is busy doing mitzvot. And the reason why Rebbe didn't make him Rashiva is because Rebbe didn't want to stop him from doing mitzvot. That's when they were arguing. So, Rebchinina told Rebchia, he says, how could you argue with me? I am so good at Torah that even if everyone would forget the Torah, I could figure out the whole Torah. Even without a Rebbe. I could look at Torah and figure the whole thing out. So Rebchia told him back, Ana Avdi Torah I, with my actions, could make the Torah stop from, stop from Klai Yisrael, back to Klai Yisrael. That you'll never forget it. Why? So therefore, I don't have to listen to you. How, now, how did he make the Torah not forgotten? Because I took flax and I planted it. And after it grew, I made nets. And with the nets, I uh, ended up catching... Deer, 
I gave the meat of the deer to some poor people, poor orphans. And I made a cloth from the skin of the deer. I went to a town with these books that I wrote on the cloth. And I went to a town with no school. And I wrote the, the Chumash for five kids to teach them Chumash. And I taught to all these six kids. Each boy who knew a seder, I told him, teach the seder mishnayot to your friend. That's what Rebbe said. Look how great the, the deeds of Chia are. So Rebbe Shimon, the son of Rebbe, who we just learned was a big, big chacham, asked his dad, are his deeds even greater than yours? The fact that he did this whole thing where he got the flax and did the thing and made everything pure L'Shem Shamayim and he made all these things is that greater than yours? I'm like, yes, yes, it's better than what I did. I'm like, I feel me'ava? Is this even greater than Rabbi Yossi? I'm like, chas v'shalom. Don't say such a thing that it's greater than Rabbi Yossi. Okay? Okay. Oh, then Rebbe, Rebbe's still talking. So Rebbe says, I need my younger son. Okay. He gave him a lot of, of the orders of Chokhmah. Now I need Rebbe Gamliel. He told him how to be a Nasi. Act like a. Act with, with kavod. Act with respect, meaning don't don't belittle yourself. And, and don't let the talmidim, the students, act with you um, in a degrading way. Make sure they respect you. Is that true? I thought. They said this pasuk is talking about Yoshafat, who when he would see a big rabbi, he would get up from his chair and kiss him and hug him and call him Rebbe Rebbe. So then how could you say that you, that you how could you say that you're supposed to act like a regular person and like a big big uh, a big shot if because you're not see, you see Yoshafat used to belittle himself in front of Tabi Khamin. Mara says, Lokasha. One is privately, one is publicly. Tanya will enter the Rebbe Mutal Sipori. It says the Rebbe was sick in the town of Sipori. And they had a, a grave ready for him in Bet Shar. Mara says, What do you mean? It says that you have to chase righteousness. That means if you want to get, get a, a case judged, you have to. Go to Rebbe, who lived in Bet Sharim. So why are you saying Rebbe was in Zipori? I thought he was always in Bet Sharim, because that's why you have to go to him. 
Since he was weak, they took him to Sipori because Sipori is a high mountain and it's easier to breathe there. The Madalia Ubasis Avir, they have better air because it's higher. On the day when Rebbe died, okay, watch what happened. You ready? No, we're not, we're gonna, we'll, uh, we'll go to the Mishnah, no? Let's go to the Mishnah. How Yom of the day, the Nachashid of Rebbe died. Gazu Rabbanan Tanite Ubau Rachmi. The rabbis made a tani, no one's allowed to eat, and they said they're going to go and pray that he shouldn't die. Okay? Okay. And they said, They said, anyone who announces that Rebbe died, we're going to kill him. Wow. Okay? So, Rebbe's maidservant, who we learned a lot about Rebbe's maidservant before, how she, in, in different Masechtot, we found that she used to teach the Talmudim a lot of things. Sometimes they would come into her house and they would learn from her uh, different words, what they meant. If you remember that, remember that story? As she told them, you know, uh, you know, different words, different things. Okay. Anyway, so she went up to the roof. Amran, she said, It seems like the angels are, want Rebbe. And also the people, the rabbis on the, on, in this world want Rebbe. I wish that the people on the bottom, she prayed to Hashem, that the rabbis should beat the angels. Okay? And this way he'll stay on this earth. Since you saw how many times he had to go to the bathroom, and every time Rebbe had to go to the bathroom, he had to take off his tefillin, and then when he finished the bathroom, he has to go back and put it back on. And that was very tiring for him. She said, I hope that the angels win and the rabbis lose, and Rebbe will die. But the rabbis would not stop praying, and he wouldn't die. So she took a uh, small earthenware vessel and she threw it on the floor to scare the rabbis. They stopped praying, and Rebbe died. So Rabbanan told Bar Kapara, Zil Ayn, go check how Rebbe is. Azal, so Bar Kapara went, Ashkechenavsheh, he saw that he was dead. Now, you got to be careful, because they already have a, a wanted sign out that if anyone says that Rebbe died, he's not going to do too well. Okay? And Bar Kapara had no interest in getting pierced by a sword. So what did he do? He ripped his clothes. And he turned the rip in the back so nobody sees it. He got up and he said, The angels and the tzaddikim are grabbing the holy Aaron. The angels beat the rabbis. And the Arona Kodesh was captured. That's what he said. He's talking about like a mashal. Amrulan, so they told him, Oh, he died. 
אמר זה, אטול קמינה, וענה לו קמינה. You said it, I didn't say it. I told you my shower. You said he died. Okay? בשעת ליטו של רבי, when רבי died, זקף עשר אצבעות כלפי מעלה. He took his ten hand fingers and he picked them up to שמיים. ואמר, he said, ריבונו של עולם, master universe, גלוי וידוע לפניך שיגעתי בעשר אצבעותיי. You know that I worked with all my strength with my ten fingers. בתורה, with תורה. ולא נהניתי אפילו באצבע קטנה. And I didn't enjoy even one little finger of your world. Please, may be a will that I should have shalom when I, when I die. Yatsa bat kol v'amra, a bat kol came out, and it said, Yavo shalom, come peace, Yanuchal mishkavotam, and you should rest on your graves. Where it says, It should say, rest on your grave, on your, on your grave, not your graves. Says, oh, the fact that it says graves in the Batkol is a proof to Rebchir Bar-Gamta. Right? You know what Rebchir Bar-Gamta says, right? Oh, you don't? Okay. Rebchir Bar-Gamta says, Rebchir Bar-Gamta says, Amar B'yosi Bar-Shaul, B'Shash HaTzadik Netan Me'olam, when Tzadik dies in the world, the angels say in front of God, this Sadiq is coming. He told him, Let the other Sadiqim come and greet him. Tell him, Come in peace. And you could rest on our beds, meaning the beds of the other Sadiqim. Three Uh, groups of angels come to greet him. One says, One says that, that the guy went the right on the straight path. One tells him, The other flip side, when an evil door gets lost, three, uh, three damaging angels come to greet him. One says, And Hashem says, there's no peace for evildoers. One says, you, in your worry, you will lie down. One says, one says, hit and make lie the bad people. Okay, we're going to end over here at the Mishnah. Amen. Amen. Amen.